I am reading the words in front of me that state that you are listening to the Where Your Friends podcast. And then they held each other very tightly and close throughout the night. This is weird fanfiction. Judge, jury, and executioner. Especially the executioner part. Also, yes. how, how would Toby work as Judge Dredd? The best Judge Dredd. He's someone to execu- execute their vision, <laughs> but also to kill them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Dredd, Dredd was a fucking great film. Which one? Dread. Oh, the, the new, new one? one? Yeah. yeah. The, oh, man. Yeah. That, oh. Call Urban. Urban. Like, that one's ooh. a good one. Mad Max is a good one. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Those two are like, oh, killer. Fuck yeah. yeah. Judge Dread with Stallone is not good. It's something. <laughs> it also stars Rob Schneider. Yes. Rob Schneider's in a lot of weird movies <gasps> that I never expected him to be in. <clears throat> yeah. Like, he was in one with fucking, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme where they played fashion designers and his character was like a secretly a CIA agent what like Rob hell? Schneider's character yeah there was an Fucking era weird. there was an era where there was like really bizarre pairings yep like Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen yeah that happened Money Talks fucking weird yeah I remember like watching all of those and be like yup yup yeah. yup yup and I'm going why what yeah <laughs> and then there's there was one with Eddie Murphy and oh, I forget the guy's name. Um, What's the movie about? It's it's like a white cop and like this black guy who just got out of jail who like Nick Nolte? No, I, I don't remember. It's crazy. Name. No, no. Um, but it is like the entire movie is just the white guy being racist the oh, entire God. movie, and in the end, Ooh. Eddie Murphy's character just forgives him. He never apologizes oh for being God. a racist piece of shit. It's just, that's just his character. He's a lovable rogue. It's like, no, he's a racist piece of shit. There's yeah. a difference. <laughs> you can't make me like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Rush Hour worked. Rush Hour was a treasure. Yes. It was something. Yes. Yeah. There's some parts in it that I'm like, yeah. It's very weird, but. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> but that's just you know, it, it, it very much falls into the same category of. Some racist shit is said, and it's never apologized for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's also because the Asians they feel like they don't have to. And it's yeah, like, all right. Like, oh no, fine. it's a black guy saying it about Asians. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, all right. They're like, no, he should still. He still owes Jackie Chan's character. You apology. understand the words that are coming out? I was like, yeah. oh, I'm like, no, him, hell, dude, man. he's better than you. Shut <laughs> up. He's Jackie Chan. He don't need the shit. <laughs> it's like, wow, dude, wow. Yeah. That, Always respect Jackie Chan. A, that was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not in this podcast, though. No, it ain't. No. This is where your friends podcast. Hi. Hi. How are we doing, lovely people? Um, mm-hmm. I'm alive. We're alive. Hell yeah. yeah. Barely. Well, well yeah, barely. we're here. We're now uh, We're recording and we're going to do it live. Do it live. Or not but, live. But not. We're or, not live. We're not except, live. Except Why you, you not. keep saying that we're live. Right. Because we one day we're, we'll, I don't know, maybe. Oh, I knew it. I Any, was like, he's anyway. going to try to swing it and like yeah. make it work. I don't know. That's I don't not, know. That's yeah, every gonna... time you do it, okay, you're you like, we're going to be live one day. And we're like, we don't have plans for this. You know what? <laughs> you did not discuss this with us. No. This okay. hasn't been cleared. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyways, my name's Alvaro Cruz. 
this judgmental bitch beside me it's toby madero sup bitches and here's <laughs> our man humanity hour hello mad sketch hello everyone that's right nice to be toby here. stop being such a judgy bitch <laughs> i can't i actually can't can turn it off. i don't i it's, don't know how turning turning that off turns him off yeah that's not you judge not, everything you see yes Oh my god! Really? I take pleasure in it. It's not a character flaw. No, I, no. I've actually—it's a character feature. <laughs> so something I've I've allowed myself to do recently. Oh no! Um, so as you guys know, I recently discovered that my ADHD is a lot worse than I thought it was. Right, mm. and one of those things is that you hyperfixate on stuff. Mm. And before, I never used to like let myself do that. I would like keep it in. But now, once yeah. a day, I'm allowing myself one ramble, and I will not feel guilty about it. Nice. And oftentimes, <laughs> that is me judging something that I've seen or read, mm. one of the two. Because, my God, I, I never realized how much hatred I've been keeping inside <laughs> of me all these years. <laughs> and now it's finally out. And it feels so Dear goddamn God. good. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That is true. I feel eh? worried, it's... though. Should we be worried? No, no. I feel better than I have in no, years. It's fine. <laughs> Suppressing something is not helpful. Yeah. But, no. like, the fact that, like, yeah, having, like, yeah, when you have ADHD, you tend to have, like, like, it. they think it's it's you paying attention to, like, a million things. But there's also the other side, which is you're hyper fixated on one thing. Yep. And that's kind of what, both of those ways are, like, a superpower, in a sense. Yeah. Right? Like, you can use it to your advantage. You just have to know how to how to work it right so exactly. you can exactly like just, dude i hyperfixate hard just like <laughs> so go uh, on a huge rant about you know so something could, could, could yeah. you lay could you lay some uh smooth jazz on us toby smooth jazz yeah like what uh, the hell are you talking about give us give us a topic that you hate and go off oh that's what i meant uh, jesus i don't know well <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> I just like raged on, to, on Alvaro. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, boy. So I can give you guys a twofer. Okay. okay. Fair enough. I, okay. Can, I can tell you guys a little bit about what I've been fixating on recently. Mm-hmm. Yes. That will then lead us into our topic. Oh, sweet. Wait, but we have a topic? We do have a topic. Oh, yeah, we do I'll have get a topic. to it. Okay, so, you know what? We always do. We always do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're organized like that. You, you we may like, not think we have a plan. Yo, we professional AF, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm. so professional. That's how we do it here. We're your friends. This is how we do All right, Toby. Um, so. Drop some knowledge. I recently started reading Interview with a Vampire. Ooh. Anne Rice. Which, yeah, which mm. I'd never read before. That's a classic. It is a classic. You'd seen the, you've seen the film, though. Of course I've seen okay. the film. What? Brad Pitt. Come on. Tom Cruise. Tom Come on. Cruise. It's so, it's so gay. <laughs> uh, Keanu Reeves, actually, right? No. Uh, he was in that too, no? He was no. in Dracula. He was Van- yeah. he was a uh, He was the Harker. Harker. Har- Harker. Man, Harker. I am Harker. horrible at like Something. remembering old movies. It's okay. It's like, okay. That's what you have Every story. episode I nail it like wrong. <laughs> just like that person's in that, right? Not at all. Not no. even a little bit. Mm-mm. Not even like a cameo. I mean, you know what? <laughs> vampires though. They all kind of The 90s was like a big blur to me. So yeah, I, I just like I, don't those, remember. Those were pretty anything. big vampire films in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And they all kind of have the same vibe to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, like blah, then the blood blah, and then blah, the blah. sexiness and it's all just kind of in there together. Blah blah blah. <laughs> blah blah blah. So, uh, <laughs> go on. You you were reading. Right. So, I'm reading that book. Yeah. And I also have been watching a review for the second book in the series, which is The Vampire Lestat. 
Uh, was that Queen of the Damned? No, Queen of the Damned is a third. Interesting. They See, combined the that. second okay. and the third oh, okay. to make that horrible movie, okay. and they took all of the gay out of it. Boo. Um, because Lestat is very much gay in the books, and very much dating Louis, and very much had a boyfriend. I want to suck your dick. Huh. And they were like, oh, here, we'll give him a girlfriend in the movie. And mm. you're like, what the fuck? Anyway, that's not the point. Jeez. The point is, Anne Rice... As lovely as she is, the first time when she was writing the first book, she had just lost a child. Oh. So a lot of that book is written, like you feel how much pain there is in her writing in that book. Oh, wow. But by the time she wrote the second book, which focuses on the stat, she was like, I'm doing better mentally. Mm -hmm. I don't want to write that depressing anymore. So she fucking retconned stuff that she wrote in Interview with a Vampire by saying that new that Louis was an unreliable narrator and was twisting the truth about some things. (laughs) And Lestat's like, hold up. Let me tell you how it actually went down. Oh, interesting. So it retcons some of the things that happened in like really weird, interesting ways because she just realized that Lestat was a far more interesting narrator. And she kind of... Like, Louis and Lestat meet up again, and she just kind of, you know, water under the bridge. Yeah, sure, you, you gave me bad blood, slipped my throat, and caught me on fire. But, all right, let's travel the world together again. Anne. What? Anne. Rest in peace. But what the fuck, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> Girl. Yeah, that's... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get the gripe, because it's like... You know? You write the stuff... And you want, you know, it's it's popular. It makes so much money that you're yeah. asked to do the second one. But you have this, pardon me, but like an ego mm-hmm. in the level like I write it however I want to. Yeah. But why would you, you know, break that when this is like the whole reason that you're doing the second thing is because people appreciated your first one. And now you're like canceling things out. Exactly. It, it is a weird position because on one hand, the writer, they're the writer and creator. They have... yeah. They have the the right, I guess, to do whatever the sure. fuck yeah. they want. Yeah. But narratively, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's also you know? it's interesting to see like the the writer versus content mm. kind of mm-hmm. um, thing there. That's true. Where in the books, throughout all of the books, I notice there's a fixation on having child vampires. Oh. Like you have Claudia in the first book, and Armand oh. is actually supposed to be like in his early teens. But they were like Antonio Banderas, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, so they aged him up. Also, the homoeroticism is a little awkward if you don't. <laughs> so, but it, throughout the entire books, there is this sort of underlying weird fascination with children. Huh. And when you hear that she lost a child, you go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Right. So it's such a huge, like you hear about these writers who infuse parts of themselves into their work. And it's just interesting when you can see it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, Actually, a really good example of that in the worst way possible was uh, Frank Miller. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Post 9-11, Frank Miller is the most deranged, unhinged mind out there. Yeah. Far, far. When he was writing uh, Batman Dark Knight Returns and Daredevil Born Again, these were, like, very uh, conscious, like, efforts to show how to rebuild the superhero yeah from ground zero how does the superhero hit rock bottom how does he where does he go when he has no life left 
you know, um, they were really, really good comics. Mm-hmm. Even Sin City as well as as crime noir uh, pieces go. Then you get something like uh, fucking Bat- All-Star Batman and Robin. Yep. Yeah. Then you get Dark Knight 2. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And what the fuck's going on with this guy? Mm-hmm. But he became really angry, really uh, bitter. Mm-hmm. And it shows. Like, it shows in his work, you know? <laughs> like You get a really... You read it and you go, oh, yeah, that's Frank Miller. Well, yeah. wasn't, there, wasn't there, like, a, a time where, like, people couldn't leave him alone? Because if he did, he would just like wander, like in a convention, he would just like wander to a bar and just get smashed. Jesus. Like he's like a, a raging alcoholic. And so people had to like oh, no. keep an eye on him and stuff because then otherwise he would just like, yeah, just Damn. go crazy. I hate saying that. That's not good. That's not a right thing to say. Like go crazy. But he, like, he, yeah, he, yeah, had he would indulge. He yeah, would he would just, go yeah. on his addiction and stuff. But Damn. Yeah, it's kind of. But the, but He's you intense. really you can tell the difference between like it does feel like it's two different writers completely right yeah you know yeah definitely it's like this like license to do whatever I, I don't know that, I mean this is, this is something we could have talked about in ego episode but like True. <laughs> because my God like <laughs> well yeah. also I mean uh, it's it, it kind of falls on like DC in a way and other companies if they still hire these older writers yeah mm-hmm. for reputation for their you know yeah well, you, yeah. Yeah, it's like that ego right there. Right. They're just like, well, he can. They they'd buy it just because his name's on it. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, why? <laughs> like, actually, in the publishing industry right now, someone pointed this out to me. I hadn't noticed this before. Mm. Um, you can tell how popular an author is by how big their name is on the front of the book in comparison <gasps> to the title. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and she actually compared. There's a a young adult writer. I forget her name. But the first book she ever released, when no one really knew her, the title, <laughs> nice and big, and then her name on the bottom. Right. And her most recent book, the title's like half the size of her name. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. That's when, crazy. Yeah. When authors get big enough, people do tend to ask for like the new Hoover book, Colleen yeah. Hoover. Yeah, that is true. Right like now. they, yeah, yeah, I read so-and-so. Yeah. They don't, you don't know what story. Yeah. I have no idea what the title of the story that they read. They're just going like. I'm reading a so-and-so, the, like the a Jane new, Austen or something. The new yeah. James Patterson, although that guy is like basically a factory. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. James Patterson has an insane yeah. output of writing. But See, he, like, he, I don't, un- there's, I, there's I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't By the understand. way, we're talking about writing today. Writing. <laughs> Oops. Anyway. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know names of writers, like novelists anyway, that yeah. I, I don't really quite know that world it's what would be like your first like what was like your your favorite writers now that you're that you're reading um there is oh i forget her name go me yeah um patricia briggs okay um by the way for all the listeners i am trash um (laughs) i love paperback like the paperback novels you buy yep that's the smell i'm sorry (laughs) Um, it's just, it comes off. I'm literally staring at a bag of trash right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just, if you guys haven't seen what I look like, um, just, I, I'm very definitively a black plastic, uh, trash bag. Yeah. You know? I just Um, neglected to throw away. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm not one of those see-through ones. You're like the garbage Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm that. That's me. Um, so now you guys know what I look like and what I smell like. So congratulations. Uh, but my book taste as... uh, 
trash bag um, is, yeah, so Patricia Briggs, who is a supernatural romance writer. Nice. Um, and yeah, you get her books at like drugstores. <laughs> and uh, I like James Patterson's Very work. accessible. I like Lisa Jackson, who is uh. same thing, like drugstore, <laughs> like crime thrillers that are all like murder whodunits. <laughs> and there's always like some girl who falls in love with like a, a cop who has a gigantic fucking mustache or something. Uh, the like, handlebars? Yeah, this is written for a mom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they're always like single moms who like fall in love with like handlebar mustache cop. Um, and Rick Reardon, who writes uh, Percy Jackson, which is probably my favorite book series of all time. Mm. Yeah, see, yeah. that's the thing. I hear so much about like Percy Jackson as a story. It's genius. But then I see the movie and I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, don't don't fuck <laughs> with the movie. So that's so weird. I, I don't know. It's kind of tragic, but yeah. like, like I heard so much about yeah, um, like Endgame, Ender's Game. Yeah, I heard that a lot about the the the, the books. Yeah, I I don't know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a fucking weird dude. Also, extremely homophobic. Yeah. Uh, aren't, aren't like novelists usually weird as fuck as well? Usually. Mm. Yeah. They yeah. They usually have some too. sort of weird thing. Um, do you guys have people that you like the writing of? Yeah. It doesn't what about have to you? be a novelist. It can be anybody. Uh, really. Well, I mean, I, I dab a lot into the uh, comic book realm. The comics. Yeah. Camics. You know, you guys know I love me, me my comics. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but some of my favorite writers, I think Ed Brubaker. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pause. He looked right at me too. Yeah, like the motionless <laughs> trash bag. Burp, just, you know, what can I say? Fucking guy. Continue. But yeah, Ed Brubaker, I feel is like uh, one of the best uh, comic book writers. Mm. Uh, he definitely his run on Daredevil is really really good. Um, I lo- love his work. Uh, what was that crime thriller one that you put me on? Fuck, it was really good. It was a noir one, but it was really really good. And fuck, forgetting the name. But, Fatal? Uh, Fatal? Fatal, yes. Fuck that was yeah. it. Yeah. That is a really good read. Um, Grant Morrison, they mm-hmm. they are just in- incredible. Like, I think any Grant Morrison is fucking um, like a wild journey. Mm-hmm. They can take like Green Lantern, make it awesome. Uh, they can take Doom Patrol, make it amazing. Batman, you know, like X-Men, love, love Grant Morrison. Uh, Alan Moore as well. You know, mm-hmm. Alan Moore, grumpy. Uh, <laughs> Understatement. Prob- probably yes. uh, not. Mon- Understatement of the year. Not the yeah. most happiest uh, kind of like uh, yeah. work, but really good. Yeah, he's a bit you of know. a salty Sally. He is. Yes. 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 He is a bit of a salty Sally, but like, fuck, there's a. Well, according to the comic book community, thought, yeah. he's the biggest pain in the ass to work with. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Don't be that person. Yeah. You know, unless you're yeah. Alan Moore, then you can get away with it, I guess. Yeah, but. I guess, yeah. But you apparently know. he's like the worst. Oh dear! Yeah. And like you got to be like a real pro to be able to like handle someone oh like if, him. If you're drawing, drawing his scripts, yeah, Oof. because it's just like one Oof. block of text. It's just a full block, of, like a whole page of just like a block of text. Oh, so the artist has to do all the work. Yeah, that's fine. And then, and then, and then, if you veer away from it, he gets mad at you. Fuck. Yeah, like there's like no leniency at all. Anyone who writes comics out there, don't be that person. Mm. Uh, another new one who's yeah. really good is uh, James Tyrion. Who's that? Uh, they did a run on Batman right now, uh, Fear State, mm-hmm. which was a cool little scarecrow story. Of course. Um, but also uh, The Nice House <laughs> on the Lake, which is a horror comic. Interesting. Which is really, really good. Uh, huh. I, I want to get the graphic novel to like share with you guys because I think you guys will enjoy I it. I mean, you know me, horror. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really, really cool. But um, definitely one of the bigger names in comics right now mm-hmm. uh, in terms of writing. Uh, probably some of the best stuff, so. 
Sketch, what I, about you? Oh, man. What? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to remember. I'm like, what like fucking writers do I know? I don't really know. Well, like, is there a, I guess, specific genres or tropes that mm. you tend to, I guess, like gravitate towards when you're looking at media? Yeah, I don't know. It was weird because I was like trying to think about like, I was thinking about like movies, like screenplay writers mm. that I, I enjoyed. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Because I really liked... It's weird, because, like, if I start going through it, I'm like, yeah, maybe, like, Aaron Sorkin, but not really, because mm -hmm. if you really look at a lot of his work, they all kind of mimic the same pattern, like, they're the same way. So I'm like, eh, is that really good? I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm not really I, that crazy about it. I don't know if it matters, it. like, if it's mm. good. Because, I mean, like, the one of the authors that I listed, Lisa Jackson, all of her books are the same. Mm. They follow the same goddamn structure. As right. I said, single mom falls in love with cop, solves murder. Done. Right. You know. Yeah, it's weird. Like Claremont would probably be one of your favorite comic book I writers, guess, right? Yes. I guess. I was trying to think about a comic book writer mm. that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I guess Chris Claremont. Because that was like the time that I got into comics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There were times where I really liked um like manga. Mm. So yeah, like absolutely. Um, there's a, I don't know, Urasawa, like this guy who did 20th Century Boys. Mm. Yeah. He's really cool, but I like him more as an, an artist and not his writing material. Not I'm more familiar with his art material, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, like I like, um, I mean, it sounds kind of whatever, but, uh, the guy one who created One Punch Man and Mob oh, Psycho. Yeah. Mm. That to me is like it turning. Talk about turning something on its head, oh, yeah. and then but like the idea that like he can make something entertaining, which from a topic or from a plot that sounds like a one-time thing, mm -hmm. and he like made a whole world out of it, like it's kind of insane, yeah, right. And uh, was it Mark Wade that did uh, Kingdom Come? That uh, was Mark Wade. Yeah, Mark Wade. Yes. Yeah, that guy also has really some of cool. the funniest comic book stories yeah of him freaking out uh i think it was like flash or deadpool but right. he he has like some really funny stories about just him freaking out over scripts and changes <laughs> Fuck! but also like you can kind of see the frustrating aspect of the comic book industry right in his yeah. stories <laughs> i also kind of want to say mm. yeah like yeah like the guy won and um there's another manga that I really liked. Um, my favorite artist, uh, uh, Inoue Takahiko. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you know what? That's that that one right there. That one is like so fucking philosophical. Yeah. That like when I read that, it was like I I went in loving the art that he produced, but as I read it, it kind of changed my life because while he's talking about like, because he wrote it and like he wrote it and drew it. Yeah. So, like, that to me already blew my fucking brains out. Like, I was like, what the, f how is that even fucking possible? But, like, he's talking about, uh, he's talking about being a samurai. Mm -hmm. But really, it's it, the art of it, you know, like, it's martial arts. So, like, the art of the action itself of, of, of that, you know, the, the psyche of it, you could relate it to being an artist. And so, it kind of came through and it spoke to me, like, in, you know in a really profound way yeah. and man like 
that book, like that, those are one of the the only books that like made me cry. Like mm-hmm. that was like, wow. But like that one's amazing. Story-wise, it was like written so well. Um, And yeah, no, Kingdom Come was holy shit. Wild. Yeah. I oh, remember God. you talking about it so much. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. like, I remember reading that like, I think it was like college and I was on my top bunk. Like I'm in my bed yeah. and yeah. I'm reading this and it's supposed to be dinner and I'm like trying to finish it. And I remember like finishing it and I was like, I felt like I just watched a movie. Wow. Like this is, that was the craziest thing ever. Uh, that that window for uh, Kingdom Come had the uh, kind of meta narrative though as well, commentary yep. on the mm-hmm. uh, the comics of the 90s and yeah. the way things change and like ha- being able to tell a story within story is like, <sighs> yeah. But I love that that's, format that's cool. of like a graphic novel mm-hmm. and then having a lot of like that peak climax conclusion. I mean, it felt like a movie mm-hmm. like going through it. and it has so many layers. You can read it over and over and pick up little things, find little nuggets. There was a whole wizard magazine of just like all the little panels where the he East, left Easter like eggs. Alex Ross added little Easter eggs. Wow. Like <laughs> Thor, <laughs> Spider-Man and Iron Man is going down, joining the war. Wow. And you're like, this Wait. is a DC comic. What the That's fuck? That's hilarious. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my god. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I have that I have that book where it has like all of that and it's just like I love that. And it's funny because I read that Wizard magazine before I actually read the comic. So when I read it, I was like, "Holy shit. That's great." I was like saying holy shit every time I read it. I was like yeah. But yeah, no, it was, yeah. that was pretty amazing. Like the 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 metaphor of like uh, you know, uh, like well, religion based, and everything. Well, kind of based on what we've been reading, do you kind of guys see yourselves uh, trying to write in those styles? Like, Toby, do you want to make a trashy romance book? Um, One day, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think it would be a fun genre to write in. Right. But there are certain um, rules you still have to apply within that narrative, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I think, like, with any genre, you know, like, as we're all talking about, like, our favorite writing mm. writers or, like, written projects – like there's definitely rules within every genre that you kind of have to conform to, even yeah. if you want to break those rules, because it's all about the, your, your promise to the audience, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, I, when I watched uh, nightmare alley, mm. right. The advertisements made me believe it would be more like a crime thriller, you know? Right. So I went in expecting that it was more of a crime drama. So it didn't quite give me the rush that I had been promised from the yeah. premise. Yeah, you sat in expecting, or you you mentally prepared yourself for something because that's what it kind of claimed it to be. Exactly. Or like, I I'll never forget, and this is like the one thing that stands out in my mind, and why I always try to deliver on my premise promise for mm. anything that I write. It was Bridge Terabithia, and. The advertisements. Wait, was, that was a movie, right? That was a movie. That, that was, was based movie. on a book. Uh, I had never read the book before I saw the movie. Yeah. I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, precious little Toby. Uh, <laughs> going to the movie theaters with his dad. You know, <laughs> we loved watching fantasy movies together and action movies. So based off of the advertisement, my dad was like, oh, this is a really cute action movie to take my kid to. Yeah. It's not fantasy or action. It is depressing as fuck. It's about this little boy and this little girl who live in this imaginary world together. And halfway through the movie, the bitch dies. Yeah. And I was like sitting in the theater like, Dad, what the fuck did you take me to? 
Whoa. And like granted. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah, that was very misleading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So the advertisements completely like if you had read the book, you would know, but I didn't. So ah. you know, um, I guess it's shame on me. But uh, but the advertisements promised me something and didn't deliver. So like. Don't let don't let it fool you twice because, then or three times. Yeah. Shame on, on shame on one level. You fool me, can't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, W. Um, <laughs> on one level, I think there's always this desire as artists and even as writers um, to want to subvert. Yes. Right. So I'm guessing what we're what we're saying here is like you got to do it carefully, or you have to be good at it. Like yeah, you have. What's to. going on here? Okay, so a good example Mm-mm. of subversion that mm-hmm. I watched recently. And I don't care if you guys are sick of me mentioning it because who the fuck cares? I don't. Um, <laughs> our flight means death. Um, mm-hmm. It's genius what they do because you're presented with a comedy, a pirate comedy. And you go, okay, cool. This is what I've been promised. And it still delivers you a pirate comedy. But halfway through, you realize it's not just a comedy. It's a rom-com. Mm. And you go, oh. Okay. So it's still subverting the genre slightly, but it's still giving you exactly what it promised. It's still giving you like the pirate stuff. It's still giving you the comedy, but it's just doing it in a way that adds something different in there. So you're saying you got to give both. You got to get two things. Exactly. Don't lie to your audience. Just give them what you promise, but also then you can put in some yeah. something else. Give me what I want. <laughs> give me what I want. <laughs> I'm not putting that in again. No. No, we, we don't do two. For, yeah, we don't do the yeah. same gag. Twice. Except for That's, the Waz. Yeah. The Waz will always yeah. be there. Yeah. Always. I'm, I'm not talking about any of that. Okay, good. Uh, I haven't even tried. <laughs> so, based off of like the kind of writing you guys like, um, do you think it's informed how you approach, like, how you write now? Yes. That's mm-hmm. a good question, Tobes. Um, I, I always yeah. go to, I might, like, my go-tos are the things that I like, and I, I want to write to that. There's two things. One is, like, action movies, but the second ones are, like, um, it's uh, uh, cartoons. Mm. Like, to me, like, I'm really in, like, I really want to do like, I want to do a, be- not a better one, but like, I want to do something like avatar, the last airbender. Oh yeah. Mm. Cause that was so well done. So tight. Just like the first series, like to me was like, what the fuck? Like this tea is nothing more than hot leaf juice. Uncle, that's what all tea is. Like just the, I, cause I, I was taught under the, the, the writing for TV kind of stuff. And, mm. and the, the whole, uh, like making a, a full series story arc and then seasonal story arc and then episodical, like you got to tell a story on a, on ep- episodic wise. And then, and then how does it get to like the first season? And to me, I love being able to make that pyramid of a structure of just like, a, this is it as a whole, you know? And it's like, man, that to me is just like such an exciting way of writing and to me, like the best one so far, I mean, in my mind is Avatar because yeah. even up to like season one, season two, season three, you're like, it's leading up to the the main battle mm-hmm. and they always echo to you 
the main battle is going to happen. And even in some parts of it, you're like, oh, he might actually lose. Mm -hmm. Like they sell you this idea that like he's not going to be able to do it. Even though you're an adult and you're watching this and you're like, yeah, of course he's going to win. He's the he's main character. This. He's got this. Why would he not win? Like he's the main character. Yeah. But the whole game plan for a writer is for they for you to sell them. He might not make it. Like mm -hmm. he, you have three seasons to sell this idea that like he he might not fucking he might fucking die yeah. you know how's he gonna do that yeah yeah so they would plant all of these ways that he could actually fail and i just to me is like making a series like that like man i would love to you know like like get close to that level of like talent like man it'd yeah. be amazing phenomenally well done that was yeah, yeah. avatar I don't know. That to Avatar me is like is really a bar. Really that that is like the bar, mm -hmm. you know. Packed. Yeah, and because also the world as well mm -hmm. is huge. The lore and stuff like that. Oh yeah, uh, the lore, the lore, the lore. Do it for the lore. <laughs> it's like uh, I love really good. Like I love Gravity Falls. Mm. Oh yeah, it's great, but it doesn't have it. Uh, to me, it's still not as good as Avatar. Mm -hmm. I love Hilda. I yeah. love Hilda. Hilda's so good. I don't think it's as I don't think it has that structure that Avatar has. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many good shows, but to me, still not. Doesn't it doesn't it it knew the assignment. Like Avatar yeah. knew exactly what it was trying to do and it had a structure from the very get-go and it kept it all the way through. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So sick. I I completely Damn. agree. No, that that that's uh that's a good one. What about you, bitch? Uh me, I kind of approach my writing in a uh uh, one hand comics, one hand uh, philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. Like to the the things I really love and enjoy, and trying to see where you know where they intersect, mm -hmm. right? Because on one level, psychology is uh, looking at the understanding us, understanding us humans, and how we think, and which is fucking complex. Yeah, we don't know, and we're still learning. Uh, then comics. I know, I know all the answers. Don't tell him. Okay. God. I don't know. <laughs> Who am I? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But then, but then, comics uh, <laughs> it deals with us in the in the fantasy realm. It, it's like us uh, retelling the stories of myth and gods, but now in a new form of mm. uh, superheroes and oh, well, comics in general because you can also do horror, you can also do supernatural, you can do anything with comics. Sam and Dean? Did you say Sam and Dean? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But like, come out. I think about it. <laughs> I don't really have a superhero character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys yeah. like the idea of writing a superhero character? No. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate the idea of it. Yeah. Just yeah. not interest me. It makes no sense to me. It's yeah. a bit weird. You kind of have to write a person who happens to have abilities, but not like I don't know a hero. That's does that mean we're cynical? We're too cynical for for superheroes? I don't know. No. Maybe or realist. I think it could. Be, I mean, at least for me, I just don't find them interesting. Same. I, you know. I think I would try to write it more as like instead of writing a Daredevil comic, write a Matt Murdock comic. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's probably the better way of approaching it. And every time that what like successful Daredevil writers uh, take that approach, mm -hmm. where they focus on Matt Murdock, who happens to you know be also Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil's yeah. not the the main character in that. It's yeah. Matt Murdock. I hate the idea so. of writing a superhero. Yeah. Like I I think it's. Such a waste of time. 
No, I like. <laughs> now that's cynical. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I feel very yeah. cynical about it. Like, yeah. I, it doesn't make sense to me. There's not really a lot you can. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot that I like doing with character yeah. that I can't really do with a lot of these superhero. Yeah, you know, like WandaVision. Right, mm-hmm. that's the kind of shit that I would write. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's not focused on like, ooh, fighting the big bad. Like, it's all internal. It's a lot of internal struggle. It's a lot of dealing with emotions and character and a lot of shit like that. And grief and trauma. The grief and trauma mm-hmm. and like yeah. gaslighting and like a bunch of shit. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't think. Yeah, okay. Uh, just to clear it up, I don't think like comic book writers are terrible writers <laughs> or anything. Like that. No, like, no. I think it's great. Like, yeah. but yeah. I just I just have zero interest in uh, like th- writing comics. I think yeah, same. they can be interesting for sure. Like, you, can, you can do stuff. Uh, like Superman smashes the clan. It's like one of the best young young mm-hmm. adult. Uh, I mean, novels, I grew up you know? on like Onslaught and like Age of Apocalypse and like mm-hmm. you know like Dark Phoenix Saga mm-hmm. and like big big event based kind of comics to like you know uh wolverine getting his like his adamantiums taken out of him and stuff there's a lot of drama that can happen but the idea of a guy going i'm gonna dress up in a in a suit and i'm gonna help people i mean you, you know could, you could that make are you getting could write, robbed. Dude, like you could write a superman story where he just stops where he just where he's like it's about to go done, though has it yeah. Which one? I I, I honestly like, not sorry, not specifically Superman. Oh, okay. But like how many yeah. things have you seen that subvert like subversive? That? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've kind There's of There's so many oh. of those already. I don't yeah. know cuz as far, far, far as I'm concerned like Watchmen is like the the one, right? Yeah, and then there was Kick-Ass and then there was the one with the but guy kick, from the office. But um, Kick-Ass Megamind. Well, like Kick-Ass is like I don't know if it's like it's a, it's a trope in yeah. itself, though. Yeah, like like doing subversive yeah. style com- uh, superheroes is already a trope now. Yeah, it's yeah. turning it on its head have been done. Because like, I think they've turned the head like a million all times. All I'm saying already. is like really good writers can do good stuff. And, like, you're I, trying to I, say we're not good writers. I'm just saying, you know, okay, the boys. The, you know, the, the one thing boys that I hate comic about it? is not really that good. Yeah, let, let me. Say. No, it's horrible. It, it's but, really bad. But, but like, um, uh, Invincible. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, the one thing I don't like about Invincible is that, like, these young kids are characters that have superheroes around it, and they go, I want to be like that guy. Like, it's, they didn't get to the conclusion of, I want to save people. Mm-hmm. They just go, I want to be a superhero. The, 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 I, the concept of it is shit to me in mm-hmm. itself, because they don't want to save people. They want to be a superhero. There's like a level of glamour in being that character and not the fact that like they just got there. Daredevil didn't just become, I want to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. He was sick and tired of the shit that was going on in his world and was like, this is the only way to stop that. I have to be a symbol mm-hmm. like Batman and Superman. They got to that conclusion because there was no other way and these characters are just like i'm gonna go out and be a superhero i want to i want to be like these guys and it's gonna be awesome we're gonna save worlds and we're gonna have amazing yeah. moments daredevil and all those characters didn't do that so that they could have awesome moments that could be a headline for something mm-hmm. yeah. they did it because it needed to be done yeah and i even even that to me is like a stretch both of those concepts to me, but I hate what's happening now in comics, and I hate that like I, I'm not, but but I, I'm still like ambivalent with the idea of like <laughs> I gotta 
I gotta put a mask on to like <laughs> save people. Yeah. Like I <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just there are certain tropes or certain genres that like you can't wrap your brain around. Right. You know? Like mm. I feel very much the same way about like young adult novels that do love triangles. You know, That's like, as someone like who, a prerequisite. Yeah, yeah. It's like a prerequisite. Like it drives right. me fucking nuts. Yeah. As someone who has never had that issue yeah, and doesn't see a that? point to having that issue that's when just pick both of them, like, fuck, that's a solution. <laughs> Non-monogamy is a but thing. It, Trust it, me, it I a, know. It is a solution. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I yeah. never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that being a third solution, like that's an actual solution. Fucking solution. It is now, though. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Very real. Yeah, but yeah. for people at my age, like, that doesn't make any sense, which is crazy. Because, so know. for me to have to convince that to work i don't i don't know how that i could make that happen but yeah. that's like a sign of the times like yeah that's so interesting but like i love so that it, so it is very frustrating in the fact that like one of my closest friends that i have a book club with picks a lot of young adult novels to read and it just drives me fucking up the wall <laughs> like in the same way that you're like i just can't understand like the the mask and stuff like yeah. that i can't understand two dudes who both look the same. They're both white dudes who are just, here's blonde guy, here's brown haired guy, mm -hmm. who are both in love with this girl who has nothing special about her <laughs> just because she's there and is a stand-in for whatever teenage girl is reading it. And that's not hating on anything that teenage girls read. Like, yeah. go, go for it. Whatever makes you happy, read it. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. Yeah. It's just, it's a trope that I, as a writer, cannot and will not write because it just doesn't appeal to me and I don't understand it as somebody who sees a solution as being just pick both. Both, 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 both is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a writing that, writing that I can't get my head around. Oh, geez. You know, I, I, I'm trying to think of stuff, but I think it's definitely more so things I haven't, I haven't experienced, mm -hmm. you know? Um, like if you said, Hey, could you write a father and son story? I couldn't write that. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I, I don't have any knowledge on that really, you mm -hmm. know, from my own experience as a child. And then from my own experience as an adult without a kid, I couldn't write a really good, compelling story. But whereas like someone like my brother who I see, he's playing with his kid all the time. He's always there. He could probably, you could probably do something there, you know? Um, so I think it would gen generally be like, I'm not going to write stuff about situations I don't know of. Mm -hmm. Or say, uh, I write about a country I've never been to. I'd so, like, I'd rather go there, see it, and kind of yeah. learn. So you're very much a write-what-you-know writer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, you know? And, like, uh, if, whether it's, like, horrors, whether it's, like, my own experiences, I'd write that. Your experience serving coffee at Purgatory? That makes sense. I mean, I mean, Starbucks, Purgatory, same thing. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so same tomato, difference. Tomato. dead on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. you could definitely write about that. Yeah, it's an autobiography. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But like yeah. the characters that we've created, you know, uh, on some level, they have us in there, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. I definitely write myself yeah. in the story. You know, the, the like I write, a, 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 but I'll write a slice of myself. Yeah. And then, and then. And then kind of like get creative on like how how else do I want this character to be, but I definitely write like a piece of myself in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like uh, Santos is one part of me, but then there's another like the Resolute character I created, yeah, Mr. Chupacabra, who's 
more of that kind of stuff that I like too. And there'll be other characters as well that each are little pieces of us on some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like definitely, like my character Dean is like <laughs> is like a is kind of me. Mm-hmm. But then Warga, like the big son, uh, you know, the, the the adopted son, I guess you could say, he's like me, like the obnoxious, loud, <laughs> you know, try yeah. to be funny all the time, the but other, ends up being annoying. The other, that, piece, the other pieces side. of you. Yeah. yeah. Do you see yourself in, in your characters? None of the main characters. Interesting. Um, all of my main characters are actually more focused on the kind of people I enjoy being around. Or the kind of people that oh, I cool. enjoy reading about. That's you enjoy being around people? Not often. <laughs> but it's a bit you of a know, stretch. Like, for example, my main character is like, she's a little on the shy side, but she's very curious. She's very into learning. She's very into reading and so on and so forth. And that's somebody that I would enjoy being around, mm. you know? Um, she makes like lame puns and stuff like that <laughs> that I would probably hate. But you know, I, I I would think she's adorable if I were to meet her in person. And one of the other characters, you know, he's he makes dad jokes. He's a scientist. I think I would find him very fascinating to talk to. He mm. has nothing in common with me, mm. but he would be a very interesting person to be in a room with. So uh. that's how I like approaching them. But I usually have like a side character that I'm like, that one, that one has a lot in common with me. Right. You know, um, like one of her best friends, not is not completely based off, I guess her two best friends are like, if you split me in half. Right. Oh, that's cool. You know, one of them's very cynical and judgmental and the other one loves bad movies mm. and gets high all the time. <laughs> nice. So, you know, like they're not exact copies of me, but they have elements of me, but they're not important to the plot. They just help mm. flesh out the world. How do you, how do you write dialogue? I love dialogue. How do you approach it? Um, I actually use a bit of a method to help me with dialogue uh-huh. um, to avoid suffering from same voice syndrome. Right. Um, right. Where, and it was actually something that I totally stole from an author that I saw on YouTube. Mm. Um, <laughs> I believe it was Kate Cavanaugh. Anybody who wants like good writing advice or some good writing vlogs to watch, go, go check her out. Um, but basically what you do is you write either a short story or a paragraph in the voice of the character that mm. you want to write dialogue of. Yeah. You usually do this for your main characters. Yeah. So for all of my main characters, I have at least a paragraph written from their point of view mm. where if I'm writing some lines and I'm having trouble getting into mm. how they would talk and who they would be, yeah. I just read that paragraph again and I go, oh, yeah that's how this character talks. Because uh, um, otherwise you end up with like, oh, this is so-and-so. They're the funny character. They're the only funny character. Right. But it's like, no, other people, like so many people have different ways of expressing themselves and yeah. having a different sense of humor. You can have more than one funny person in a group. Yeah. Uh, and it really helps to kind of see them that way. Yeah. Like beyond their single trait that defines them. Right. Like knowing that like there can be more than one smart person. There's different ways of being smart. And I think once you acknowledge that, it's easier to write the dialogue mm-hmm. because you're not just writing it to get information out. Never write dialogue to just to get information out to any of our listeners, by the yeah. way. Don't fucking do that. Yeah. Don't do a sort of like, oh, this is a whatever. What's a whatever? Yeah. Don't, don't do it. All right. Dialogue is not 
exposition. Yeah. Dialogue is character building. Dialogue I, is I plot progression. I hate exposition so much. <sighs> exposition dump. There's, oh, yeah, like, because, and, and what I hate about it is, like, usually when people do it, it's a dump. Like, yep. it's just a fuck ton of information, and you're going, you're, you've already ruined it you for know, me. You know what's yeah. weird, though? It's such a big no-no, and yet it's everywhere. It's fundamental. It's fundamentally yeah. uh, like simple because if you give a person too much information, they're not going to remember it all at once. But if you put it in the sense of a, of an action, a moment that's happening, they'll remember that shit. Yeah. Right? You can drop little visual cues that's happening. Mm-hmm. They they remember that more than just you telling them things. It's it's the it's it's such a simple wrong way to lose your audience. Yeah. In what's happening. I hate it. Mm. I completely agree. The second they start talking, like, the, and this happens so much in sci-fi. It does. So the second they go, the year was 2033, and you're yep. like, I don't know what the fuck this yeah. is. You're giving me an out. assignment? Are you fucking serious? At the beginning of yeah. the story to establish the universe. Yeah, I, I do don't that. read any yeah. of that shit. No. I'm going, it, nah, man. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. You, you had to trust your uh, readers or viewers. Yeah. Yes. The only time that, I've seen that, it's like, what I love about it is like Mad Max. Mad Max did that and it, it kind of didn't matter because, like, they did they did something in the beginning, like some text in the beginning. But later on, they did, like, a quick recap. Like, it's the oil, stupid. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, got it. Okay, done. And then it's just this crazy ride from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that was insane. Yeah. Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how you, you, you kind of do that shit. Like, you tell in them the information, just show it. Exactly. Yeah. Show, don't tell. Yeah. Show, don't the, tell. The number one rule of writing. 100%. You know? Yeah. Um, a, a, an example of like telling that wasn't necessary. Mm. Um, a recent one actually, uh, Encanto, the first song. Right. Oh. You, went on like, a, you went on a big rant. I remember yeah, the slot. It's an exposition dump. Right. It's yeah. not needed. I hate that. Yeah, it's not a need. It's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you f- you find these out throughout the rest of the movie. Like the rest of the movie is well written enough yeah. that it gives you the information you need without that first song. You and, know? The, and the funny thing too about like exposition is like you you have to take like that's a dialogue that's taking up time. Yes. Right. So if you're trying to dump all of that stuff, you can show a bunch of things happening and still talk, and they'll pick that up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Like, you know, so you can save time. You can consolidate moments and, and things all together. So, and then they'll pick that up. But, like, if you're trying to just, like, dump it all in one thing, uh, yep. you're not gonna, that's not going to happen. Uh, one exactly. example, I think, recently of something I watched. Uh, I, I was watching the first two episodes of Foundation. And oh, man. It's really good. But also, they don't explain to you the, the structure of the universe no. or <laughs> the world that's been around for ages. You know it's been around for ages. Yeah. Because it's been ruled by a clone lineage. And what's so right? great about that is like you see like this massive elevator that goes it, up. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck is that? And it builds up the intrigue. It builds yeah. up the mystery. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say everything. Let them want to ask about the question. Like let them ask the question and then be intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. But if you just keep dumping the information they don't yeah. you don't know what's happening but you don't especially it. with foundation too it's it's hard because it's a lot of information it is it they're asking a lot and it's intense you know the fact that they didn't do a dump you know yeah on you, I, I appreciate that and they were, they already know? explain a lot of stuff too like they they do expositions in that like it's a lot of stuff but like my god like 
the way they visually express to you what's happening, it's very well done. Yeah. You know, you know it's a, a universe. It's so epic. Yeah. Like the way, to me, like, man, they, they call the character, uh, the, the main person, uh, the emperor, empire. Like, mm. like he's so big. He is the empire. So like when that. they call him, mm. him, like, yeah, it's it's wild. And, and well, also the fact is that the whole point of the story is that the empire is failing. Yeah. Yeah. An and, empire can fail, and, no matter how big it is. Yeah, it, it's failing, yeah. and they had to try to figure out how to reduce the damage of yeah. that failure. Do you, do you know much about it, Toby? Not a lot, no. So there's like, um, there, there's the the way to keep the emperor alive is they clone them. So it, it does it in stages. There are three existing emperors always on the seats. A child, an, a, a, a present adult, and then a grandfather. Uh, dawn, so the there's, dawn yeah, day, and dusk. Yeah. Wow. And they're they're called in that stages. It's I like that. Insane. Dude. I like that a lot. It's <laughs> some say that that's like a way better. Like it's like the 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 most impactful sci-fi story. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, but then there's also like Dune. So mm-hmm. right now, the fact that they're both happening at the same time is insane. Yeah, it's kind of like nuts. Interesting. But but yeah, no, th- like it's crazy because like Foundation happens in like decades. Like they they do major 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 time jumps. Ooh. And you're like, this is crazy. This is going on for so long. But yeah, no, it's... I respect that. Yeah. I mean, talk about like a very intense story. Yeah, mm-hmm. right there. It's really good. Isaac Asimov, right? Yep. Yeah. That's right. Fuck, man. Isaac Asimov. <laughs> he's also... Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd put him up there. That's pretty incredible. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. And I mean, there's a there's a lot of things to, uh, to consider when writing. But I mean, I think mm. one of the bigger things is do it. Just do it. Yeah, just do yeah. it. You know, just you, write. Just you get will, it out there. You will get better over time. Yeah, like honestly, if you look at any first draft from any writer, like I, I remember seeing a picture of one of this guy's manuscript. And mm-hmm. this was the second draft that he wrote. And he took a red pen and he went over it. And there was like entire chapters that were just like, this is sucks. Like this sucks. Take it out. Oh, shit. Um, Chapter 11, no, this should be chapter, like, 10. Completely replace this. And, like, yeah. huge paragraphs just circled and, like, rewrite this. And yeah. it was insane. And he's like, this was just the second draft. Oh, my God. Like, no one, like, if you ever feel insecure about your writing, no one writes a masterpiece in the first go. Yeah. You just don't. Like, Stephen King went through, I think it was, like, six drafts before he was able to publish it so wow you know like i mean to quote uh to quote my favorite movie of all time uh finding forrester you're right or your first draft <laughs> with your heart <laughs> and then you go in the second draft <laughs> with your mind the idea is like you just yep. write your heart out just do everything nothing's wrong just write everything and in the second draft you start like actually like thinking like, okay, is this, you know, do I take this out? Do I keep this? Do I add this? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to write. I like to write in like, like major plots. Like I was kind of taught to just like, just do like a word dump and just like what, like in bullet form, what happens here? What happens here? What happens yeah, here? And then what? And story then, notes, and then right? what? Yeah. And then yeah. now I just do in chunks. So we do like, I want this to happen. I want this big chunk to happen. Da, 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 da. And then I have it in big post-it notes and I just like patch it up. Oh, I think that can happen in this episode and then that and then that. And then you like listen to that first episode and be like, okay, that looks like it has an episode arc to it. 
but then it's still addressing major points about you know whatever whatever so i try to think about like it as a whole and then seeing if that makes up as a whole in itself as an episode mm. so that you can kind of like have a big structure you're maintaining the structure overall that way you know uh that does bring up a good point as well because that could very well apply to comic books as well absolutely um, because one thing for comic book writers uh to keep in mind every single issue should be somebody's first issue even if it's yeah. part three of yeah. a 10 that's part like the story. major thing about comic books yeah. serialized specifically yeah. yeah um because the worst comics are the ones who are like oh you should have read five issues yeah and you're like well, that's what i what okay, i think is so shit. hard about comics you know? is that it's like 24 pages yeah how the hell are you gonna tell a very compelling story with 24 pages i find that very difficult it can be done no i i know i hear yeah. you yeah. yeah it's very true but mm. i to me it's so difficult like it's like i don't know that's yeah. that's, that's a skill right i there. swept over to like novel writing because mm. i'm just like i have too much to do <laughs> yeah it's really yeah. really difficult so i respect anybody who you know like strive in writing in in that kind of format because that's Same. not easy as all, at all like man yeah uh one last thing yes um is there any advice that you can give to someone that's really helped you like no. in either your process or in your inspiration mm. or anything along those lines? Uh, I would just say, uh, find your voice. Mm. Don't be a parrot. That's one thing. What? Like I know we have our heroes and stuff like that and it's easy to fall into that. Um, but if your hero has a very peculiar voice and you copy it, you're just going to be a parent of that voice. So find your own voice. Um, however, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, more than anything, find your voice. I'm going to quote um, Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act 2. If you wake up in the morning and you say you want to write, you're a writer. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love I love that quote because oh like I, I've always had that the imposter syndrome like I'm not a writer I'm an artist not I don't I don't know how to write mm -hmm. and then after years later like I developed all the stuff and I sent it over and there I you know I've had like game developer writers and like you know and and TV writers and be like no you're a writer Aaron like you don't worry about it you're okay because yeah. I always thought like I had to be published for it to be called that but they all kind of talk to me and they kind of saw my development of stories and they're like no it's it's like if you come up with like a good write like a good concept and a plot and and all the stuff if you can like write something you're a writer mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with artists and singers and whatever you just if you are you are what you are you decide to do that you are that yeah also i would say if uh if you don't have anything to say like if you don't have anything to write you should read mm -hmm. if you don't have anything else to read yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a good one. Word. Hell Probes. yeah. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh? You? Um light a fire under your ass. How do you do that? Uh try try participating in NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. Um, National Novel Writing Month. Uh, where you write a novel in a month. You really? don't have to do the it. Whole month. The whole month. When, when, when is this? It's November. Every November. Every November. Every November. Um, and honestly, That's I That's good, because I'll be gone till November. What? what? <clears throat> I'll be gone till November. I'll be uh, gone till November. Sorry. We're almost <laughs> done. That's why I'm getting all like... Yeah, I see you. Like, yeah, whimsical. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, so it takes place in November. And honestly, like, I tried it one year. You don't have to succeed. But it does kind of 
make you realize that writing isn't as scary as you think it is. Mm. Because when you have this goal and you're just participating, you're like, oh, wait, I, I wrote every day in November. Mm. And it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. So write a yeah. whole story for the whole month? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And the winners wow. sometimes get published. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But like, again, you don't have to complete it if you can't. Like, it's mm -hmm. not a big deal. Although I love that concept. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you write a novel in a month and it's just the first draft. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be the final draft. It's just write the first draft in one month. Imagine if you just like did Inktober and then... Then the... And then write for like November. Dude, that'd be awesome. That'd be crazy. <laughs> How insane is that? <laughs> oh my God. And also, <sighs> just remember, Fifty Shades of Grey sold millions and yeah. millions of copies and that, was that a thing is hot for, garbage and that was a fanfic of of twilight yeah not a well-written one either yeah yeah so like i mean yeah holy crap also if you're trying to do something original don't worry about it because everything has been done everything is like based off of a 36 36 types of stories, of stories. Yeah. yep so nothing's really like talk about original no just tell a good story like exactly. that's it you know have yeah. fun yeah. yeah, get out there, tell stories, have fun. Live. If you have well. some good stories, if you have some, you know, uh, stories of your own, anybody that inspires you, uh, you know, let's talk about it in Discord chat. I want to know yeah. about it. We we want to know about it. Join you know? up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's 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 have an open discussion about writings. Let's let's share some love. If you're a writer, we'd love to see your your stuff. Yes. Um, you know, and um, yeah, we hope you like this this special segment about writing we would love to have more about writing to be honest actually we, yep. we yeah. definitely are writers ourselves so you we, know we need to write more writers are artists yeah. yes i'm just i'm I mean, gonna it say is it. an art yep. it is an art it is for <laughs> totally. sure absolutely and also you can write us an email yeah yes you can send your dicks send your dicks at wordyourfriends.ca <laughs> now can somebody write a dick pic yes you can write a penis write me an erotic fiction and I will send you back a rating. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> out oh of, my God, out and of, we'll read it. Yeah. Mm. 10 out of 10 <laughs> Christian Greys. Um. <laughs> I will read it as Gilbert Godfrey. Good. That's what I'll do. He, Good. Is that guy apparently like hung like a horse or? Gilbert it? Godfrey? Oh, no, no, Christian Grey. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, although he only lasts 10 seconds. So Wait, you know, what? Yeah, he doesn't last long. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Hilarious. <laughs> let's not end on Christian Grey. That's useless. Wow. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So erotic. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. Hot is erotica. It's gotta be high pitch. It's gotta be high pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know what to read. I don't have any contents to read, so I I can't really. Maybe give you an maybe the viewers will uh, the viewers yeah. maybe the, the listeners the will pubers? send us in, you know, the some viewer. erotica for you to yeah. read. Please, please send me stuff, and I will read it as Gilbert Godfrey, <laughs> please, or Sean Connery, <laughs> or Bender. Yeah. Better yet. Um, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. I'll give it. I'll give it that. I'll give right. that a segment. Okay. Beautiful. I would. I wouldn't mind. That would actually be fun to do. That'd be amazing. I feel like we just came up with a really brilliant idea. Reading for Mads erotica. Mad's erotic corner. Mad's erotic corner. Brought to you by Ray Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Enter the code Bender. Enter Dude, the Christian code Gray Christian your Gray. Christian Gray, your champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God! He's wearing nothing. Thank you. He's wearing nothing but a cod piece. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, if you guys want to check us out on Instagram, it's we.re your friends yeah. and uh, our website, which I'm still working on, where your friends.ca. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a guy, Comics Explained. He just says everything at the end, like, and yeah. <laughs> And I shiver every time I hear it, but he does it all the time, so I'm kind of used to it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Indeed. We really appreciate you guys uh, consistently listening to our podcast. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know. Much appreciated. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We love doing it, and we hope to hear from you on our Discord yes. chat. Spread the word. Spread the word. Give us a five star on, on, on Spotify and the Apple podcast. <laughs> what the voice and is this? I don't know what else. <laughs> if you will y'all come back now you're here <laughs> they're not coming back now you're never truly alone because where, where are your, your friends, friends? <laughs> i don't even know what that i was. don't know what that was oh, it's like God. a 1940s guy <laughs> give him hell toby <laughs> i'll do my best 1920s? No, yeah something like that okay bye bye Thank you for listening to the Where Your Friends podcast, hosted by Tobias Medeiros, Alvaro Cruz, and Matt Sketch. Edited by Toby Medeiros, produced by Matt Sketch. Reference and additional material can be found in the show notes.